Hacks is back for season three, and so is the official Hacks podcast. In each episode, Hacks creators Lucia Agnello, Paul W. Downs, and Jen Statsky speak with cast and crew members to unpack the Emmy-winning comedy series. You'll hear Hannah Einbinder and Gene Smart speak to their on-screen dynamic, along with stories from the show's writer's room, on-set antics, and creating the world that Deborah and Ava inhabit. Watch Hacks, streaming exclusively on Max, and listen to the official Hacks podcast on Max or wherever you get your podcasts. Experts claim there is nothing tougher than a diamond. But at Diamonds Direct, we beg to differ. Have you ever met a mother? Strong, radiant, timeless. This Mother's Day, give her the gift that meets her match. With diamond jewelry starting at $200, plus Diamonds Direct's exceptional quality and unbeatable everyday price, you're sure to give her a gift that wows this generation and the next to come. Experience the thrill of jewelry shopping done right at Diamonds Direct. Diamonds Direct. Your love, our passion. This is your moment, your time to shine, your comeback. You're ready for the next step in your career, and you want an education employer's respect. So you're not just going back to school. You're coming back with Purdue Global. Backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected public universities, Purdue Global is built for people who bring their life experience into the online classroom. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. Hey, you know what? Here's a here's a here's a preschool. Why don't we surround it with power lines? <laughs> Let's make sure these black kids have a, enough electromagnetic radiation flowing through them at all times. I'm surprised. I'm surprised we haven't produced static shock at this point. All right. How many power lines are on the south side? You'd be like, listen, should, I, should my kid be growing up near five power lines? I don't. I don't think that's really good. Because when you go to the suburbs, it's not like that. They're either gonna die or they're gonna become real powerful. We'll exactly. find out on the next episode of Earth. Y'all want to be superheroes? <laughs> Yay! I want to be a superhero. The government growing babies. Microchips in your anus. All koala bears are racist. The ozone layer owes me money. Martians invented turkey stuffing. Y'all can't tell me nothing. There it is. There it is. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to another phenomenal episode of My Mama Told Me, the podcast where we dive deep, deep into the pockets of black conspiracy theories. And we finally work to prove that T.I. is running the only sex cult in the world that effectively incorporates the the stories. He may be stealing those girls' innocence, but he's also giving them a big, beautiful word to describe what was stolen from them. Just give me some head and then use culpability in a sentence. That's T.I.'s energy at all times. He's, he's a wild boy, but I don't know. Who, who could hate the man, huh? <laughs> I'm your host, Langston Kerman. As always, I'm coming in hot, baby. We got a great episode today. I'm very excited. Our guest today... Uh, he he's phenomenal. He's hilarious. He cracks me up. You know him as one of the creators and stars of Southside. You know him as one of the creators and stars of Sherman Showcase. You know him from so many great hit movies. This motherfucker's about to be in Top Gun. You ain't in Top Gun, you stupid bitch. He is. <laughs> <laughs> you love him. You you know him. Give it up for Bashir Salahuddin. Hey everybody. <laughs> How are you, sir? I'm good, man. That was a great intro. Very, uh, you know, you just, you, you come out shooting. Yeah, no, I come out. Fuck. <laughs> yeah, fuck them. Burn it, burn it all down. We'll start over. I love it. Here's the problem. I uh, I don't get to socialize anymore, so <laughs> I just get to put all my thoughts out in like the 30-second preamble, and then I got to, you know, I, this is all that I've been sitting on. Well, you know what? Uh, this is great. I'm happy to be here. Thanks for having me. Uh, you know, I'm looking forward to it. I, I'm really excited you're here because you mm-hmm. came with a conspiracy theory that I've heard angles on before. Mm-hmm. I've heard I've mm-hmm. heard versions of this before, but never yeah. the angle that you chose. Yours was yeah. a extremely unique take on a I would say a slightly uh a trite conspiracy theory at this yeah. point. I yeah. you said my mama told me Billionaires are investing in space exploration so they can kick poor people off the earth. Yes, that's correct. That is a conspiracy theory that I fully believe. 
And, wow. uh, you know, you asked me to think about, cause I was like, okay, I got to think of something funny. And then I was like, oh, you know, it's so hard to be funny when you try and it's terrible. It never works. And then I was like, well, let me think about a real actual conspiracy that I really believe. And that's one of them. You know, yeah. I, I just think, that, you know, look, I, I don't know if I can jump into it now or if there's jump more set up. Let's know. We're in. I, I don't think, let me tell you this outside of, you know, and I don't want to turn this into like a, a sociology class. Mm-hmm. Or a geography class, <laughs> or a geology class. Listen, I'll but fail I would, all those classes. Yeah, so. let's get some F's, F's together, brother. <laughs> as I look at the dead spider on my floor, I should sweep in this this room. By the way, this is really. You ever look around and go, I have not swept this room, and under the couch is I think that's a damn Cheerio because my, my child. <laughs> oh, my podcast room is a mess. My it's disgusting. Uh, anyway, but no, I look if you if you look at the Earth. Outside mm-hmm. of places that have been affected by extreme poverty or places that are very tough to live in that people just like roughing it. I mean, by and large, especially with the technology we have available now, most of the places on this planet are very livable and actually are very nice when you, you know, when you yeah. think about it. The great climates. Um, That's why everybody lives there. In some ways, Earth is a paradise and mm-hmm. there's just a lot of people on this planet. And so when I see all this energy and this this like thrust towards oh yeah we're gonna like be exploring space and then we gotta get we gotta get Mars colonized we gotta get the moon right. colonized we got when I see all that stuff I'm always like you know I know people are watching that being like damn man uh, rich people are going to space and I want to be like no nigga you going to space <laughs> <laughs> right I'm not trade. I'm not trading the Bahamas for fucking Mars. Why would a rich person choose to live on Mars, which mm-hmm. is essentially like living in on a planet, the entire planet is a coal mine, right? right. Like it's just, <laughs> it's all coal miner conditions. That it's means- It's only black lung all no, the it's way all, around. No, it's all red lung. That means, <laughs> so you telling me that rich people are about to give up Turks and Caicos, yep. and they're going to give up the Bahamas, and they're going to give up the south of France. And they're going to give up Jamaica and they're going to mm-hmm. give up Montana and they're going to give up all these wonderful, beautiful places to go tough it in space. No, no, no. They're not right. going anywhere. Uh, my sense is that the reason there's such a threat. I think space tourism is coming, but I think it's a secondary thing that there's going to be this huge drive to go. You know, it's actually kind of what happened with, with America, right? It was like, go be a pioneer. Yeah. Go explore that West. Go out yes. there and fight them. Fight those engines. <laughs> you know? <laughs> Wasn't nobody in Manhattan trying to go west, but it was like all the poor people, they were like, go. They were like, you can have all the land you want. Yeah. You can be your own boss. And then people was like, yeah. And then they went out <laughs> to the frontier and they figured that shit out. Well, you're, and- you're saying you're saying a few things that I really love mm-hmm. in this because because I think that's 100 percent true. I was yeah. I, I can't remember who I was talking to about this the other day. But I think it was something like 70% of the, the pilgrims that mm-hmm. like crossed the ocean the first time died in the trip. So they let these motherfuckers go figure it out. And then oh, once they knew it was a livable, easy yeah. trip, yeah. then everybody else started to come. Slowly but surely. And I think there might be a time. But, you know, there's actually and I, and I really it hurts me to say this because I always feel I try to be original. But there's a TV show called The Expanse, mm-hmm. which I'm a big fan of. And they actually, to some degree, a little bit, the show is kind of based a little bit on this theory. So Earth has mad issues, but as you go away from Earth, you get rougher and rougher and rougher until you get to this thing called the belt, which is like the asteroid belt in the solar system. And that's like the most grimy, fucking looks like Russia-y place you would ever (laughs) have on the show. That's what everybody's like filthy and dirty and they haven't showered in like six months. Look at this stuff. Look at this guy over here. He's got water. Like it's those kind of people. But I was just like, you know, overpopulation is legit. That's why, again, that's why we're talking about, why is it that we're talking about, you know, why is it Andrew Yang and other futurists are talking about, you know, what do they call it? Uh, universal income. Mm-hmm. Why? Because as society creates more robots, like yep. at some point people are going to go, why does any human being work in McDonald's? There's not, a human being does not need to work in McDonald's. A human being does not need to work at Sam's Club. A human being does not need to work at Taco Bell. A human being does not need to build a car. Yeah. A human being, a human being does not really need to work at the Amazon Fulfillment Center. Right. Robots can do all that shit. And so ultimately, guys like Yang and them are like, well, it's going to be a lot of motherfuckers out of work. So why don't we try and raise the floor so that everybody has some money, you know, some money to play with? 
And I think as part of that idea is that ultimately between robots and innovation, there's just going to be a lot of not shit to do here on Earth. And then I think that shit to do is going to be, we'll take your ass to the moon and mine some silicates. Well, and, you know, and, and it's like, it's almost like everybody's going to become like the Central American who's like, go to America and send the money back home. And they're going to be like, yeah. hey, man, hey, brother, hey, brother, you can go to Mars, man. Your mama can have a new house. <laughs> With the moon rocks, baby. You got the moon rocks, baby. (laughs) Well, let me ask you this because I I I love this, and it's Mm -hmm. it's. I think you're making a valid point that nobody is really going to give up the stuff that they're Mm -hmm. already used to for the sake of paradise. I don't think people realize that. So this planet is is amazing, actually. So why? And this is what I'm. I Mm -hmm. I think I'm struggling with in it is why Mm -hmm. not just kill these poor people. Why not well, just uh, I mean, first mass off, just, extinction of the po- the poor? But, but I mean, if you look at them, uh, human history, that's happened so many times. There've been, mm-hmm. there are, you know, there were things in, and I got this from a book. It could be wrong, but you know, <laughs> they, <laughs> I got it from a book about it was a fi- it was a historical fiction called Aztec. But in some of the Central American societies, they used to have what they called the flower wars or flowery wars, and they would just have war because they hadn't had war for a long time, and there was a general mm. restlessness among the population. That's something where at least people can sort of contribute. And be a part of their own destruction. But if you look at human history, there have been tons of times where people just got, as we know, even in re- recent history, World War II, just rounded up and murdered. Ultimately, what you're suggesting is just really bad PR. Sure, sure, nobody sure, sure. wants to be, it's a lot of paperwork. <laughs> I got be you. Like, All right, we're just going to kill everybody on 63rd and Cottage Grove, right? Yeah, we can't, yeah. it's, it's messy. <laughs> you can do it, but, yeah. but you're going to get some pushback from the, uh, the powers that be. I'm going to tell you how sinister it is. But they also don't want to accidentally kill, you know, like the next Stefan Marbury, the next Aretha Franklin. Mm. They don't want to kill them because those people are providing entertainment value and they come sure. from tough neighborhood. What will we do without without yeah. Starberry shoes? You got to have Starberry shoes. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know, you know, <laughs> so you, so the, the, we, they know, we know for a fact the hood produces incredible entertainers. Mm-hmm. And so what we don't want to do is just start killing everybody. And then, we, we, you know, we might miss out on. Who knows? Like the next brother to make famous famous cookies or something, right? You don't right. want to mess that up. So you got to let people come up. But then once they get to a certain level, you have to find a way to offload them out of the way so that you can enjoy. You know, it's it's interesting. If you're ever in Los Angeles, one of my favorite favorite times to be in L.A., and this is true, is during the holidays. For people who don't live in Los Angeles, the city is full of transplants. Mm-hmm. So typically between the after Thanksgiving until the New Year, L.A. is it's sort of empty. I always say it's kind it's of deserted. The, it's the best city in the world for like two weeks. It's so nice. Oh, I can't get enough of it. The streets yep. are empty. Everyone's yep. at peace. Oh, it's the best. If you ever want to, people in LA, if you ever want to have fun during that period, go downtown and just drive on 6th Street West and just take 6th Street yeah. off. It's going to be this beautiful, curvy, no traffic drive all the way to the water almost. And But that's what rich people want Earth to be like all the time. Okay. Not, they don't want no. They don't want no tent cities. You that's know what I'm saying? Right. <laughs> <laughs> you can't even enjoy the money you make because when you get off the freeway, it's a bunch of broke motherfuckers under the bridge. Like they don't like that shit. Like, look, so, man, your, your tent <laughs> is fucking up my view of the ocean. You exactly. got to move your goddamn tent. Move this shit. Come on, man. So I, yeah. Okay, that makes that's, sense. that's the conspiracy so, theory is that people they want to offload the people who aren't necessary and who are in the way of this paradise. Let's backtrack a little bit yeah, because I, I love this. Where do you think you first came to believe this? I know you said you sort of saw it on the show and all that, but where does it come to be true to you? I am a huge fan of science fiction and fantasy and mm-hmm. have been. Perhaps being from the south side of Chicago, I was always like, oh, man, the stars have to be better than this. Maybe. Who knows what that was all <laughs> Come on, George Lucas. Come on, Gene Roddenberry. Come get me. It's Vice Lords over there. I got to get out of here. I'm so scared. Um, But no, (laughs) who knows where my love of, but also I was very, you know, I was very uh, bookish. I don't know if I'm using that right, but I like books and I read everything growing up. I just, I love science fiction. I love fantasy. I wish I could make a show around that. I'm still trying my damnedest to try and do something in that area. I think my sense that people are going to explore spaces just comes from my love of that. But then as I began to think about it, and I, as I began to think about the actual odds of finding a planet that is as dope as Earth, and those odds are are increasing as they do more explanation, exploration, but they're still pretty high. They're still right. pretty hard. They found a couple, but they're so far away. Some, they call class implants or whatever. Now, oh, they can support life. 
But I mean, again, who has like who has like Manhattan figured out? Like what mm-hmm. planet can you go to and be like, oh my God, we had an incre- incredible three star Michelin dinner and then we went down to the comedy cellar and saw some, you know, some great comics. Right. Like, like Earth has that. The moon is not going to have that for a very long time. Yeah, that's the that's the part that I think you're really nailing is like mm-hmm. uh, I listen as somebody who who has done some traveling. I'm not like mm-hmm. a world traveler all the time, but I've been to a few places. I'm inconvenienced when I go to Mexico and they ain't got the toothpaste I like. You know what I mean? I mean like I'm like, talk. man, fuck yeah. Mexico. I'm never yeah. coming back to this country for minor inconveniences. There's mm-hmm. no way people are going to the moon and just settling for moon paste. Rich people are going to go on space tours where they're going yep. to go, go, oh, that was incredible. And then they're coming right back to the yacht, mm-hmm. you know, in Mykonos. Because why would they be in space when they could be in Mykonos? Like, come on, it's not even close. Yeah. Also, in space, you might die at any second because that uh-huh. shit's all getting figured out. So at some point, a pipe might blow up and this whole living unit over here is just wiped out. But, you right. know, they want to tap into ain't people's no, frontiers. Ain't yeah. no vacuums in the south of no, France. <laughs> none. You can't even. Dude, I'll put it this way. I was in. Uh, I had the, the great pleasure of being in Italy recently. And yeah. my phone died. And I called. I had to get a damn burner phone and get a damn calling app. And I called AT&T. And I was like, hey, man, uh, I've been a customer for a long time. You know, whenever you call AT&T, you got to act like you're like a crack fiend begging for it. Come you know. on, baby. You know Come on, us. baby. You We've know been me. with you this whole Time. I've been with y'all since, since she was called Singular Wireless, baby. Now, come on. You're the love of my life, AT&T. Why would you do this? Show me. Why do me some? And so I called AT&T, and they were like, uh, we are not sending you a new phone to Italy. So just imagine if you was on the moon, right? Or if you're on Mars, and you're like, hey, uh, uh, Sprint PCS. Hey, do y'all... Um... <laughs> You know, that's what it is. So I look, I think this planet is look, I think this and, and, and underneath to be to be sort of a little more somber underneath everything I'm saying is my personal belief that, you know, and, and I'm, I'm a big fan of David Attenborough. And I think he's right that like this planet is amazing and it's incredible. Mm-hmm. And I think that we we really do act like we have five of these motherfuckers like in storage somewhere. Right. Because you know? it's really and I'm not a big, big, like environmentally like preachy person. But it did break my heart when my wife and I were in Belize and we were on the beach and there was just garbage everywhere. Right. You know, there's just trash everywhere. And so I do think that, unfortunately, by dint of corporations, by dint of fucked up laws, by dint of a lot of different things, you know, a lot of people just treat this planet like it's like, you know, it's like fucked up and it's nasty and they can just throw shit in the ocean and spill shit in the ocean and kill all kind of spit. Like, there's no repercussions to all that. And my sense is that this place is pretty badass and we should take better care of it. I similarly uh, am a big David Attenborough fan and watch mm-hmm. all of like those planet Earths and, and yeah. Blue Ocean, all the shows that they that fantastic. he has. He's yeah. fantastic. And it, what's what's jarring in all of it and upsetting in all of it is that literally every single one is mostly him being like this part of the planet is fucked up and y'all did this. But yeah, anyway, exactly. look at this bird. He got some cool wings, huh? Yeah, <laughs> you ain't going to yeah. see him no more because you about to nope. kill him with your, your pollution and your evil. And shit. I hope you I hope you like this forest because you ain't seeing this shit again. <laughs> right. You know, y'all fuck this all up. I know there was one special he had that was showing like the beautiful blue ocean, and he was like, "But it ain't like that no more. Now it's full of jellyfish, and can't no, and can't nobody eat jellyfish, and them fucking they're fucking terrible." And he showed a bunch of jellyfish, and he was like, "And the fishes are gonna die." And like you just said, like and y'all did this shit. You're right. And, it's, and, but I mean, somebody's got to tell us the truth. Yeah. But you know, it's all it's also funny to me, and I and I don't want it to be too tangent, but as a black person, it's really hard because when I think about what my responsibility is to contribute and give back to this planet and to give back to this country, environmentalism is can't be number one, right? I'm from Super the south side. Low on the list. So the south side of Chicago and and sort of like doing things that I can do to help create better environments there, that's gotta be number one. Yeah. Right. As a black person. But part of my brain is still like, but damn, man, the planet is just like Right. Ah, we just don't treat this place. We don't treat it like a place we want to have around for a very long time. No, I was listening to this podcast the other day mm-hmm. that was sort of like exploring these um these people who basically have like dedicated their lives to becoming environmentalists that they like mm-hmm. are the type of people who chain themselves to giant trees and like yeah. tell the the bulldozer I won't move and like they have the big standoff. But they were mm-hmm. basically saying in the podcast that like listen, all these people are white. 
and all of them have enough money that they could retire Correct. and focus entirely on this shit. You know, whereas it. poor people, yeah. yeah, I don't give a fuck, man. I can't. Yeah. I don't have the room to give a fuck because no. you won't take your knee off my throat. You know what I mean? Nope. And it's and it's sort of double edged because ironically, when I'm in the hood, when I'm on and not all the south, there's some beautiful parts of the south side of Chicago, but when I'm in some of the other parts. I'm like, it's interesting that these are the places that are actually hurt the most. By yeah. You know what's crazy? I'm from the South Side. Did you know that? I don't know if they still have this, but when I was growing up and I grew up, I'm, I was born in 76. So, I, you know, I was kind of like a kid in like the mid 80s. And there was a part of my neighborhood on like around 70, I'm going to say like 76 in uh, Vincennes, Wentworth around there, where there was actually ponds. Mm-hmm. And I'll never forget my brother and I literally used to go walking and then we would go to this little lagoony pond thing on this house and fit and there were fish in the pond. Yeah. And you could I mean it's hard to people believe that, but we actually would go fishing like on the south side, you know. Right. Like and it was crazy. And I suspect that all that's gone. You know, I don't were, know. Were yeah. you all eating the fish afterwards? Or I don't know. I was so surprised because my brother caught that shit with a pencil. I was very <laughs> I couldn't believe he did that shit. I said, this industrious Negro is incredible. He done tied a piece of string around a pencil and caught a fish. I don't remember if he ate it, though. I, don't, I honestly don't remember if he ate it. But I, I want to believe, believe no. I can't believe. Listen, Chicago's a lot of beautiful things. I don't think yeah. that the fish that you catch naturally nearby is <laughs> is meant for human consumption. Oh, no, these are the finest fish on 83rd and Crandon. <laughs> <laughs> it's where these come from. He's from Alaska, uh, and these are from Inglewood. Yeah, <laughs> Inglewood Fish Company. These <laughs> are from a neighborhood that even humans don't like living in. But exactly. yeah, they're delicious fish. It's incredible. Yeah. I mean, it's all, it's, yeah, we get hurt the most by this stuff. But again, as we both said, it's kind of like weird to be promoting it when it's like, oh, we got more pressing things, but it's kind of all connected. With that, here's the question that I have is, mm-hmm. is what do you think people can or should be doing about this? Is there nothing. anything we can do about nothing. what's happening? Nothing. nothing. This that, is that, just this, inevitable. This is, it's just the way it is. Again, if you were to go in 1811 and there were a bunch of people on the East Coast who were about to, go west and get land because that's kind of again i think that's a good analogy for it there's nothing you could have done to tell people that they won't i mean there literally might be like look if you go to the moon you will own remember remember the 40 acres and the mule (laughs) now if you go to the moon we will give you 40 acres legit Now you got to bring your own mule. You got to bring your own mule, and, and you're gonna need a spacesuit for the mule. But there, and you is... might need some oxygen. But, <laughs> but I do think that, yeah, I think that like it's gonna be hard, especially in, in a place that does feel overcrowded. It's gonna be hard not to tell people to like to go find their fortune and go ha- again. It's, it's some of this stuff is in that TV show I talked about, but it's gonna be hard to tell people not to go and create their own their own ownership. Ultimately, yeah, I mean, is, right? You're gonna go own stuff. In a, in a almost, it, and it's part of the, the ruse, right? It's part of the trick, but it also mm-hmm. is the, the mastery of the trick is like, mm-hmm. we, we've explored all the stuff that we know how to explore here. And yeah. so them being like, Hey, you don't know what's up there. You should check that shit out. Cause that hey, might I actually know be tight. Hey, y'all, if y'all like Arizona, y'all gonna love uh, <laughs> Mons, fucking whatever it's called on Mars. Oh, you niggas like Phoenix? Ooh, uh, you gotta get up. You gotta y'all get like, upstairs. Hi. Y'all like dirt? <laughs> I'm gonna tell. You, but here's the one thing we definitely know for a fact is that uh, all the basketball teams on Mars is gonna be dope. Oh, they're <laughs> like gonna be every great. last one. <laughs> It's going to be amazing, you know, but they're not going to play a lot with Earth because it's a long trip. That, and me, that's probably how they're going to sell it to a bunch of young black kids. Like, I mean, if you really trying to hoop, if you I really. Mean, what if like, <laughs> I mean, exactly. You, you want to be, you're going, you're going, man, come on, you're going to change the world. I feel like also we might be surprised and like the moon might end up putting out a whole new brand of hip hop. Like all the mm. things that come from the hood will be amplified. Yeah. And people are like, oh, y'all like, man, y'all, y'all ain't heard shit about that lunar music, man. Right. <laughs> Every, everything about the moon is harder than Earth. Everything about the moon is harder than Earth. <laughs> and you ain't going to be able to argue because you're going to be like, right. Yeah, uh, yeah, I'm stuck here on Earth. I'm, I don't know. I'm y'all, stuck here. Y'all grinding. Yeah, y'all, y'all up there doing it, huh? <laughs> We're going to take a break. <laughs> we'll be back with more Bashir Salahuddin and more My Mama Told Me. Hacks is back for season three, and so is the official Hacks podcast. In each episode, Hacks creators Lucia Agnello, Paul W. Downs, and Jen Statsky speak with cast and crew members to unpack the Emmy-winning comedy series. 
you'll hear Hannah Einbinder and Gene Smart speak to their on-screen dynamic, along with Hacks writer and actor Pat Regan, on how their improv experience helped them when shooting scenes and what it was like writing scripts for specific actors. You'll also hear from crew members like the costume designers on what it was like creating the world that Deborah and Ava inhabit. Hear stories from the show's writer's room, on-set antics, and more. Watch Hacks, streaming exclusively on Max, and listen to the official Hacks podcast on Max or wherever you get your podcasts. AT&T connects an ode to podcasts. Connect the alarm. Change the podcast you stream. Connect the snooze. Ten more minutes to dream. Connect the shower. Lather up with the news. Sports talk, comedians, or movie reviews. Connect with that three-hour philosophy show. Change the drive into work in traffic so slow. Connect the dishes to voices that glow. Thank you to the geniuses of spoken audio. Connect the stories. Change your perspective. Connecting changes everything. AT&T. This is it. Your moment. This is your time to make your comeback with Purdue Global. When you come back with a Purdue Global degree, you create opportunity for yourself, your family, and your future. It's a degree you can be proud of, a degree that employers will trust and respect. Purdue Global offers working adults like you over 175 flexible degree programs to meet your specific career goals. These include associate, bachelor's, master's, and doctoral degrees and certificates. Purdue Global degree programs range from nursing to business to communication and more. Whatever your interest, we have the degree that will move you forward. You have the knowledge. You have the experience. Now it's time to get credit for the work you've done and earn the recognition you deserve with Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. You know you're worth it. We do too. So don't wait another second to get the degree that will take your career to the next level. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. And we are back. We're not going to let Joe Biden and Kamala Harris cut America's meat. That's that on that. That's that on that. Yeah, we're back here with more <laughs> Bashir Saluddin. More my mama told me. We're yeah. still talking about the possibility that poor people are going to get kicked off of the earth and mm. uh, made to to live on Mars or moon, the fun. moon or other planets. We don't know yet. Do you yeah. have any sense of, of who's going first? Like what flavor well, of poor are they I kicking think off? Then it, the poor people won't be the first. First, it'll be explorers. Mm-hmm. And like engineers and scientists, but they're just there to get the infrastructure. You know, somebody had to build the projects before people moved into the. Yes. Okay. So they're going to go build. But then after that, once they especially because they're going to do something called the Space Bridge. For those of you who've watched the movie uh, Ad Astra, that was featured at the very beginning. <laughs> this is a, a, a science I don't know if you've you know. seen the documentary Ad Astra. Hey, y'all niggas seen Ad Astra. <laughs> I'm sure that around the old African-American water cooler at the workplace, there's much discussion of Ad Astra. But uh, I would say that there's a thing called a space bridge that basically makes it easier to leave Earth's atmosphere because you're just essentially on an elevator. Yeah. Um. And so I do think that once that technology is up, and once there's a cost-effective way to get motherfuckers off the planet without spending too much money, I think that's mm. when you'll start to see. But at first, it'll be like you know, it'll be sold as like, oh my god, fantastic space explorers, and look at this guy, uh, Joe Blow. Uh, this guy is amazing. Don't you yeah. want to be like him? Don't right. you want to be like him? You. It's it's the uh, what are those motherfuckers that were with Saka Jawia? The the uh, uh, uh yeah yeah yeah. Uh, you know uh, what I'm talking about. It was Lewis and Clark. Yeah, yeah. you want they're going to have to sell it as like these adventurers who face the world so yeah. that you can feel safe. In, in this they're going to make new... a movie like in uh, what's that movie uh, uh, where the girl was really 15 in real life. But in the movie, she's supposed to be a teenager, a little bit older. No, no. Colors Kids. of the Wind was the song. <laughs> no, it was a Disney movie. Colors. Of, that's hilarious. <laughs> Colors of the Wind. Pocahontas. It'll be oh, like that. Okay, They're going to make movies about like the like the beautiful, like, oh, these strong pioneers went to space. And right. these are heroes, you know, and then like, you go like, what happened to them all? Oh, they all died. Every last yeah. one <laughs> to a person. I mean, they just all died. There's nobody came back. So in the research that I was unpacking, and I'm, I'm mm-hmm. so glad this is this is where you're heading. I mm-hmm. started to think about 
what it means for this space exploration to exist, mm-hmm. right? Like, yep. and apparently it's existed since 2004, that we've already been doing some version of space tourism mm. since 2004. Most of it has been like... Oh, yeah. Like, there was like one billionaire or something who went, right? Uh, yeah, one like... Already, uh, like one dude went already or something. He's like an astronaut and he went with like this other guy and they went up to what they they basically describe as like that that breaking point of where it stops being air and starts being space. But that was wow. all the way back in 2004. Now there wow. are six different companies that all are planning di- their version of space tourism that all ranges from SpaceX, which is basically saying it's going to cost you $55 million for a round mm-hmm. trip to go to the International Space Station, all the way yeah. down to Jeff Bezos' company, Blue Origin, uh, Origin. which uh, basically is offering a passenger trip to suborbital space for two hundred grand each. Again, when we were very, we lived on the south side. Yep. I don't know if y'all know that. I've mentioned it only <laughs> 30, 30 or 40 times already. Brother, where are you say, from? Just tell us. Well, now, weird that you would ask that. Uh, number one, go bull. Uh, but I would say the reason I bring that up is to say, but my dad, to his credit, was a technophile. So we had an Atari 2600 when it first came out. We had a, v- a VCR when it mm. first came out. And the reason I bring that up is because they were very expensive. Yeah. So I say all that to say that, yeah, it's very expensive now. That number you said, 200000 that's like going to go down. A hundred percent. Everything true. goes down. At some point, it's going to be like, hey, man, look, let me borrow your shoes and you can have it. <laughs> <Right. space." laughs> Just let me hold some. I don't let even me hold care something. what the sum is. want to go to space or not? Yeah, I want to go to space. And by the way, because I'm going to tell you what, it, you know how like, I didn't even know this, man. And Chappelle made a joke about it, but I didn't even know this. When I visited the Bay Area for the first time, only costs you money to go from I, I'm somebody's gonna correct me probably but I think it only costs money to go from Oakland to San Francisco right to, to go from San Francisco to Oakland is free they're like go ahead if that's what you go like. ahead have fun <laughs> but if you want to come back it's gonna cost you I think it'll be like okay if you want to go up to space there's nothing but if right. you're like hey man I want to get back to earth they be like oh we don't know oh, <laughs> oh we man we ain't even oh, doing that man. trip no more <laughs> But what? But like, talk to us. What's what's wrong with space, man? I mean, something, did something happen? Or you know, no. Fill out this <laughs> survey. Fill out this survey. We'll we'll write down your concerns. We'll get to. You're it. gonna have to call a call center where they barely speak your language, <laughs> and then try to get a refund and be like, okay, well, we'll we'll see what we can do, sir. Just can you go to the website though? Right. Like, I don't have Wi-Fi. I'm, I'm on the moon. Ain't no Wi-Fi. That's actually why y'all, I'm calling. The Wi-Fi. <laughs> that's why I'm calling you right here. now. Y'all think y'all slick with this shit? But yeah, I, look, everything's gonna go down. You bring up a, a an excellent point about the price changes, and it got me thinking mm-hmm. about the way that airplanes prices have changed over the years. Specifically, Again, yeah. I, I wanted to look up how much it costs for the first commercial airline flight, which happened apparently mm-hmm. in 1914. And it cost mm-hmm. that passenger $400 for a 23-minute flight. And apparently that comes out to like $8,500 today. So exactly right. yeah. your point. This was yeah. insane at the time. And now yeah. for $400, you can go across the country depending on how you fly and how uh, late early you buy the ticket, you could easily go to a lot of places for $400. I mean, look, when you, and this is, I certainly don't want to like dip it too much into politics, but I think human greed mm. is so ubiquitous. When you look at who are the refugees on this planet, and then when you look at who is staying in some of those countries, yep. there, are are- there are areas where the poverty is so thick that you don't have a choice but to stay. And then there are areas where there are tons and tons of people who have money who are fine staying in countries and the people who don't have money are are sort of like encouraged to go find their fortunes elsewhere Yeah, and make room for the people who are like, don't need to do that. Mm-hmm. You know? And it, and it's really, it's really sad because it certainly makes people feel like they don't really have a country and it makes them feel like outcast, et cetera. So then you have to upsell you know, the, the adventurousness of, oh man, you could be your own boss right. on the moon. You got to make being a nomad sexy somehow. Make it sexy. Yeah. I do think hum, hu, human nature, in my observation, is that people who have a good thing try to hold on to it. That I think that's fair. And it, it actually, I, I was thinking about other sort of instances in history or sort of like in our current everyday circumstance where what you're describing exists. And it got me into this thing called planned relocation, 
which I mm. read in like this United Nations development program document that basically talks about the fact that it's a form of organized movement of people typically yes. instigated under like supervised uh, sort of watch of the state, right? That ideally they're taking people from difficult circumstances and moving them and helping them re reestablish their lives in quote unquote better circumstances. But one of the things that they say is most controversial about this planned relocation is that it can easily fall into internment camps or to your point, stranding people in deserted areas where they in fact don't have any resources. You just told right. them they would. Yeah. I mean, I think the bedrock of all this stuff is stability. Mm -hmm. When you have, and I think that's why you have so many rich people talking about universal basic income and talking about issues of poverty. I think it on its surface looks like altruism, but if you just peel the layer back, what you will find is that when you have extremes together, it creates instability. And yep. instability is, is not good for the markets, and instability is not good for the pockets of people who have money. They don't want instability because instability might take the money out of their pocket. And so when you have are when you're surrounded by lots and lots of people who don't have anything, and those people's hunger, their natural hunger begins to infringe on your right to have a, a fancy walk through a fancy park. You start to think about ways to alleviate the pressure, mm -hmm. right, of that inequality. And so, unfortunately, again, I'll put it to you this way. If you talk to most black people on the south side of Chicago or in Chicago and you ask them what happened to the Robert Taylor homes, they will tell you, oh, white folks wanted that lakefront property. Yes. Back. Boom. That's where all this kind of comes from. And it hey, comes from this idea. Well, that's how they get you. That's how they get you. Yep, I totally agree. <laughs> yeah. That's it. It's yeah. it's somebody wanted that property, and so they it's a nice property. It's a nice property, and, they were, and so they, they were like, I don't know if people know in Chicago, like some of the nicest lakefront property in Chicago was affordable homes. It was projects, right? It's called the Robert Taylor homes, and now last time I was there, I think they're either all or mostly gone. Yeah, I and mean, there are like Cabrini Green is and, another example of like yeah. you you just you had literally they made. One of the most iconic television shows of all time, based off this this idea. <laughs> yes, they did. And then That's they were right. like, "Fuck it, we're we're gonna yeah. take them and turn them into nice big high rises for yes. wealthy white people." And they did. Yes. And then they moved all of those people as far south as they are out of the direction that they previously lived, so that they basically had to yeah. to figure out a new life and told them this was better somehow. I don't even know if this is true or not. So I want to say this this might be a lie. Uh, internet people. <laughs> but I went to this high school in Chicago that I fucking love called Whitney Young High School. And when I was there, I think it was like 60-something black. Yeah. It, it is my observation that that number has gone down. And I have been told that a lot of the people who lived around the school, particularly rich people and some white people, were like, wait a second, why are we spending $40,000 a year mm. to send our kids to a private school when there's an incredible magnet school that's free? Yep. And since we live around here, we can just go there and then they kind of sort of, you know, the, our spaces there uh, have to be to some degree like guaranteed because, I mean, this is our neighborhood school. So I don't know if that's true or not, but it, do, it does seem to explain if it's true, why the numbers of diverse students has gone down. But I think you know? I think even even on a logical level, and I don't know how true or not true that is, but it's mm -hmm. it's, we've it's a conspiracy. Seen, so you can, we can just say, yeah, we can just school. make up shit. This, who the fuck yes. cares? Uh, right? JFK ain't dead. That nigga getting his dick sucked <laughs> right now. <laughs> but that said, JFK fans are like, how dare you? <laughs> how fucking dare you? Show some sir. respect. He's Show our only respect. president. No, but no, I think yeah. we've seen in history policy yeah. changes that enable wealthy people to make different choices or protect Correct. their choices much in the way of like if i end up in a neighborhood where there finally is a good school i do mm -hmm. want to send my kid there and i don't give a fuck if i displace a bunch of brown and black kids in the process yeah exactly you know and that tends to be again you look at human nature you look at even the fact that like and in, in during the Harlem Renaissance, like the rich people would come up to Harlem mm -hmm. and they would watch Louis Armstrong and they would watch, oh, there's, there's Paul Robeson. He's going to do a speech. <laughs> and then afterwards, Paul was like, can I come back to your house? And they were like, oh, Paul, you're, <laughs> Paul. you should, Paul, come, come on, on. Paul. you're funny. <laughs> um, but anyway, this has been fun. Um, we're going to go. <laughs> Jet. Jibby Jazz and all that. <laughs> Jibby, <but>. Jibby Jazz. <laughs> dance today. Oh, that's a new dance move. All right, we'll be right back, guys. 
there, there does seem to be this sense of like people with money want to live really well and they want to be entertained. Mm-hmm. And what they don't need is constant daily reminders of the motherfuckers who didn't make it, you know? Yeah. And I, I do. You know, think... that shit, it's annoying. It's like, why? Are they, ugh, it's like, ugh, yeah. So so one of the things that I started to, to think about in relation to all of that, mm-hmm. it, and you brought this up earlier, was the question of overpopulation. Right. Because yes, to your correct. point. If the world is overpopulated, you are inevitably going to be bumping into a bunch of poor people who make you feel yucky about the fact that, like, their life isn't as good as your life could be. Or worse, who get mad about their lot and show up at your front door with 600000 and you got a bigger problem. Right. Then now yeah. they're crea- Either way, they're creating yeah. something. Either yucky. way, they're creating a problem. Yeah, a right. problem for you that you don't want. And one of the mm-hmm. articles that I read argued that it it's less a concern of overpopulation and more an issue of overconsumption that's affecting climate change. That like climate change is actually, even if we kicked a bunch of poor people off of the earth or killed them off mm-hmm. or whatever it is, that the wealthy are consuming so much of the earth's natural resources right. that we would continue to consume at that level and still exceed the the amount that is needed for survival. That is sustainable. But yeah. I think this still doesn't hurt your point because it just mm-hmm. kind of proves that they might just be short-sighted as fuck about the way yeah. that they're approaching this. They're like, well, if we get rid of these broke motherfuckers, we can live happy. And then they're forgetting that like, oh, that means you'll have to clean your own toilet and you'll have to still nah, chill bro. on how much you But you, you won't though. Dude, robot again, robots. Sure. No, you do not have to clean your own toilet. You, you <laughs> honestly almost do- like they might even have a robot where you take your little toddler and you just tie them to the robot for three hours and, <laughs> and the robot's like me time for a nap and then that's it and that's what happened so no i think robots are really gonna be man i saw a video of a robot doing the damn dances the other day yeah that's true and i was like well if they can dance why do they need us like, right. just, what are we gonna do so no i just i feel like this I, motherfucker I think, hitting you know, the nay oh i'm, I'm i mean sweet. come on oh that's bullshit and he can moonwalk that's not fair Oh, of course. Now he's doing the robot. Of course. Yes, okay. That's easy. All right. Now- so, but like, no, like uh, the robots again. They're gonna do all those, all those alleged important. Dude, I like. I love Postmates. Mm-hmm. Does a human being really need to bring me a sandwich? Absolutely not. I would say this: in the next five years, when I order a sandwich, I'm gonna hear some buzzing, and a fucking drone is gonna drop a goddamn ham and cheese sandwich on my backyard. Yeah. And then I'm gonna <laughs> eat it and be like, thanks. Right. You know. <laughs> And you're saying thanks to no one, but uh, I'm saying thanks to the universe, and I'm saying I'm saying thanks to Jeff Bezos and Blue Origin because <laughs> they they're going to be doing that, you know. But we live in a world where you you have stuff is going you're not going to need people to do this stuff. And I think the the upside of this is right. Okay, so let's let's do something positive. Here's the positive. I love part. this. Let's let's hit the positives. Let's hit the positive. If the right types of ideas flourish in our society, mm-hmm. the fact that human beings have to do less work could be wonderful yeah so that a person who's born could actually spend their time devoted to something which is good for them and potentially might contribute to society versus doing a job a robot could do so for example if you're somebody who actually is a great guitarist society will be able to say well, we don't need you to work at mcdonald's yeah just go play your guitar all day go play your guitar and you might write a hit song that makes people happy and then you can make you know extra money but what's happening now is that because of the way our society is structured there's all these like you know, I, everybody crows about these employment numbers. And I think The Onion has some funny articles about it. But, like, these jobs are not great. These are not great jobs. No, these are not suck. jobs you want yeah. to retire on. These are not, like, there are people who work for Uber, UberX, Postmates, Lyft. Like, that's not really a, a career. And mm-hmm. also, you know, it's, it's not, you're competing with every, you know, unfortunately, every, like, PhD having immigrant who came here and can't get right. a job because even though the motherfucker got like five degrees and shit and smarter than everybody but he's driving uber you're competing so all those people are do- and that person is also trying to get a job in mcdonald's so right the idea is that if 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 the right type of ideas flourish and if goodness can prevail we could look up and say the good news is that people don't have to do shitty jobs anymore and they don't and they and they don't have to do shitty jobs to to, to live and have health care and have a good education. I love, I love the idea that we would be would able be nice. to truly just pursue the things that mean the most to us emotionally, Correct. spiritually, whatever. Which yes. scares me even in that. And this mm. is just my cynicism kicking in at all times. But like, it's it scares me because it's like, yeah. But then who decides who's good enough to get to pursue their own job versus like is forced yeah. to do a new version of the only thing humans can do? You know what I mean? I like, mean, that's a good like question. I don't know. 
they'll start distinguishing people based on like, all right, you're going to be a band leader, but you're going to be, you on the, you on the base, bitch. You don't get to, <laughs> you get to stand in the back. You're never going to be a star. So we decide that. You're never going to make it in this town. Right. Exactly. I don't know. Look, will it probably end in a dystopian nuclear war? Yes. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> but we can dream, brother. We can dream. It might be, it might end good, but it's not trending that way. Right now it's trending towards catastrophe. Yes. So, and, hey, and one enjoy, of the things enjoy that, life while you can. One of the things that that I read in in that same article is talked about the fact that even our population right now is shrinking. Mm-hmm. That like despite the fact that yeah. we're constantly being told the world is overpopulated, which it is, yeah. that by mm-hmm. 2100, the year 2100, there'll be 1.5 billion less people on the planet than there were mm. in the year 2000. What's causing that? Uh that basically uh it's a mix of like culture shifting so we're we're not prioritizing sex and and sort of reproduction in the same way but then i also think a fair amount of it has to do with climate change and it reducing uh fertility rates that like people are less fertile than they used to be because of like also yeah shit we're doing to the 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 you know the planet and i've also seen anecdotally that younger people are saying why would i bring a child into a world where even i can't find a job Mm mm-hmm and I can't afford a mortgage. Yeah. And I have, yeah, so it doesn't make sense to bring a kid. So what, he going to starve too? What the fuck? Right. Like, that's stupid. So yeah, we, if that is, keep, that is, that is, yeah. If you keep telling me that like, we're going to reach global destruction by 2050, what am I bringing another human into this for? Makes no sense. Yeah. Makes and no sense. I, like I, I spent some time in Japan a few years ago and one of my friends was explaining to me when we were out there that Japan's actually in the middle of like having to trick their population into being sexual again that like they've become so sort of asexual with each other Mm -hmm. that like literally the the government is begging people to be like hey get some pussy dog stop (laughs) (laughs) you can't just work and study and and be yourself you gotta yeah you gotta go out there and chase some tail oh come on y'all ain't fucking today that's crazy (laughs) All right, have fun, <laughs> engineer. Yeah, I get it, man. Uh, that You know, it's such an interesting thing. And, like, I always feel like so much of the things that Americans find odd about Japan or so many of the things about Japan that people go, like, that's so unique. Is It can also be traced back to, like, our position toward them in the Second World War. Mm-hmm. You know, can can be traced back to that, like, ultimate level of, like, mass destruction, that event. You know, so I read somewhere that, like, one of the reasons that the Godzilla movies were popular is because that was in some way an embodiment of a sort of like globally cataclysmic force, the way that the nuclear attack was. Well, they're not going to do a nuclear bomb. And by the way, Godzilla literally comes from, for those of you who are Godzilla heads, godheads, as we say. (laughs) (laughs) Godzilla comes from from nuclear testing in the Pacific. They're doing nuclear testing and then they fuck some shit up and then he's like, whoa, what's going on here? So ultimately, I do think that like, that's really, you know, I'm I'm very curious about it, but I've, I've also read that they have, but I've also read the part of the thing that that hurts them a little bit is they just they don't want a bunch of like brown people coming over there and doing jobs, you know. Right. They want they want they want people who are actually born Japanese to take those Japanese jobs when you have literally China and India are full of single dudes who are like, hey, we'll come do that shit. Yeah, yeah. And they're like, nah, we good. And I, <laughs> we straight. I think to your to sort of to your ultimate sort of conspiracy, right, is that's the danger of what's being built, is that each of mm-hmm. these countries are going to become more nationalistic, more yep. sort of like they're going to put up more walls and tell less people that they can come in. Our fucking right. country literally told like eight nations last year, y'all just ain't welcome because we don't fuck with you. And that's a yep. wild energy for us to be coming out with, but we won't be the only ones when resources no. start to get scarce, which means we'll that it. ultimately all these refugees, all these people who you mentioned are wanderers, they got to mm-hmm. go somewhere and we can't just shoot them because that's bad PR. Space. So space, space it is. They're going to space. And I, you know what? It, and they're going to build their own futures and God damn it. It's going to be very, <laughs> it's good. It's going to be real exciting to see. It's going to be real exciting, you know, because I think the rich people want Earth to be kind of like Central Park on a Sunday afternoon. Yeah, like, not a lot of people. Right, really pretty. There's a couple of people bird watching. If I if I want to put down a blanket in the park, I have yeah. room to put down a blanket in the park. Exactly. You want to get off the off ramp and not see crazy shit. You know, you want to go sit in the park, like you said, and put a blanket down and just enjoy yourself. Yeah, it's 
quality of life for some people with money is very, very important. You know, it's, it's my observation. I love it. All right. We're going to take one more break. We'll be back with more Bashir and more My Mama Told Me. Hacks is back for season three, and so is the official Hacks podcast. In each episode, Hacks creators Lucia and Yellow, Paul W. Downs, and Jen Stadsky speak with cast and crew members to unpack the Emmy-winning comedy series. You'll hear Hannah Einbinder and Jean Smart speak to their on-screen dynamic, along with Hacks writer and actor Pat Regan, on how their improv experience helped them when shooting scenes and what it was like writing scripts for specific actors. You'll also hear from crew members like the costume designers on what it was like creating the world that Deborah and Ava inhabit. Hear stories from the show's writer's room, on-set antics, and more. Watch Hacks streaming exclusively on Max and listen to the official Hacks podcast on Max or wherever you get your podcasts. <clears throat> AT&T connects an ode to podcasts. Connect the alarm. Change the podcast you stream. Connect the snooze. Ten more minutes to dream. Connect the shower. Lather up with the news. Sports talk, comedians, or movie reviews. Connect with that three-hour philosophy show. Change the drive into work in traffic so slow. Connect the dishes to voices that glow. Thank you to the geniuses of spoken audio. Connect the stories. Change your perspective. Connecting changes everything. AT&T. This is it. Your moment. This is your time to make your comeback with Purdue Global. When you come back with a Purdue Global degree, you create opportunity for yourself, your family, and your future. It's a degree you can be proud of, a degree that employers will trust and respect. Purdue Global offers working adults like you over 175 flexible degree programs to meet your specific career goals. These include associate, bachelor's, master's, and doctoral degrees and certificates. Purdue Global degree programs range from nursing to business to communication and more. Whatever your interest, we have the degree that will move you forward. You have the knowledge. You have the experience. Now it's time to get credit for the work you've done and earn the recognition you deserve with Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. You know you're worth it. We do too. So don't wait another second to get the degree that will take your career to the next level. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. And we are back. Do you ever feel, you know, not so fresh? Ew! No! 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 <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're back here with more Bashir Dean. More my mama hey, told me. We're still talking about the space tourism, the interplanetary travel, and the, the niggas who won't get to travel back. They're, they're going mm, out in space. One-way tickets. It's a one-way <laughs> ticket. One-way ticket. I, I didn't mention this earlier, but NASA mm. actually is also creating a space program where they're basically allowing for people to tour for $35,000 a day. And that's much cheaper than than even the other alternatives. And they're saying a day, but to your point, if it's a one-way ticket, maybe yeah. we cut some off that price. And it won't all be, you know, we're going to have low Earth orbit hotels. Mm-hmm. So like the International Space Station is in low Earth orbit. Yep. And it's able to maintain. So imagine that times 20,000. Yeah. And you're going to go, oh, which space hotel are you going to? Oh, you know, I heard it's an all black one. They just opened up. <laughs> oh, how's the service? Bad. That's racist. <laughs> <laughs> it's just Sandals Jamaica in space. And- <laughs> it's Sandals Jamaica, and it's owned by the Chinese. Uh, <laughs> that was surprising when I went to Jamaica. They were like, oh, the Chinese own that. Chinese. Own- that's another conspiracy for another day. But I was like, oh, they really own all this stuff? They were like, it's all Chinese. Hey, I'm, I'm not sure if that's a conspiracy theory or just. It's, not, uh, it's actually not. It's a fact. It's it just devastating fact. news for a yeah. lot of people who thought that uh, <laughs> Africa was still uh, belonged to black people. It doesn't. Nah, man. You go to you go to the Caribbean and you'll be on the beach with people who have no access to the beach. Yeah. But they can come sell some shit for like an hour a day. It's wild. All right. Let's play a game. I We have a, a fun game. Uh, it's a, a game that I love to play. It's a game called Homemade Hotel. Homemade, Homemade Hotel. Hotel. There it is. 
All right. Homemade Hotep. This is the way it works. I'm going to introduce to you a real life fact, a fact that exists out in the world. And what I would love for you to do, Bashir, is just Hotep the shit out of it. Just add as much theory and problematic views as any Hotep would to this theory. Whatever you need to do to get yourself uh, all the way to the end of the whole thing. Does that make sense? Let's do it. Let's do it. Hell yeah. Okay. so your real fact that exists is that apparently the keyboard the the QWERTY keyboard uh, that we all type on was actually designed to make people type slower. That like they found that the old version of the keyboard that I guess had letters in order, people were typing too fast and catching up with computers in a way that mm-hmm. they didn't plan for, and so mm-hmm. they changed the keyboard to slow people down. Well, we I mean, wow, that's um. First off, that's entirely real. <laughs> um, I think. You know, Einstein said E equals MC squared. And mm-hmm. what he was saying in that equation, I mean, we all know this, is that matter and energy are essentially two versions of the same thing. Yep. When you type too fast, brother, <laughs> you create a vibrational harmonic with the natural energies and resources of the earth, which could allow your third eye to open mm. and for you to see, because I think a lot of people think that time moves in a straight line, but in fact, as we learn yep. from Gabriel Garcia Marquez's book, time moves in a circle. Mm-hmm. Things happen over and over again. And so people's third eye, if they speed up too much, because then all of a sudden action and thought become energy and become one, it speeds up too much. Mm. And people are then will able to be able to see the natural curvature and rotation and gravitation of the universe and of the earth. They will be able to see time. They will be mm. able to see the future. Right? Yeah. So what happened was, a lot of people were typing in the old version of the keyboard and they were typing so fast. They were seeing visions. They were like, Oh my God, we got to stop Hitler. <laughs> and they were like, they were like, no, no, we got to, we got to stop that. Cause you know, cause the powers that be mm-hmm. the trilateral commission and the Rothschild, mm. they need, they needed Hitler to come along because he was very instrumental in their other plans that they had brother. Now follow along with this. Oh, I'm if listening. You can. <laughs> so in order to slow down the ability of matter and thought, to convert into one and for you to see time all the way through, they had to slow down the keyboard. Mm. And so now what they've done is they brainwash you. <laughs> if you open your eyes, you see it. They brainwash you into believing that you can only type so fast because you've always heard about people being able to type. Oh, I type 100 words a minute. You've never heard over 150 because 150 is the point. Oh, So if somebody says, I type 200 words a minute. That person's probably a psychic. Sure. <laughs> and, and they can, and they can't reveal themselves. I got so it's you. really all, it's all interconnected to time and space. Um, but you know, I've done my own research on this stuff. Other people do their research and you know, this is kind of what I came out with, but you know, what do I know, brother? Hey, I've been to Egypt and it felt real. Hey, there it is. There. The, hey, <laughs> That's cool, motherfucking boys, nigga. <laughs> fucking you know nothing about <laughs> there it. Is. That's all made up, everybody. He fucking there nailed it, is. it. Time, space. The only thing you, there it you is. missed was a little misogyny and homophobia for a good, uh, a good hotel. We'll stay tuned for part two. <laughs> I, <laughs> well, I tell you what. What's funny is that we actually have some hotepness on season two of Southside. Yeah, so yep. I'm looking forward to. Yeah, we add, we added some. So I'm looking forward to that. It's and, gonna be fun. and you're, you brought that in in the perfect time, Bashir. You, you, we've nailed the episode. Could you tell all the people the cool shit you have going on? You have a lot of cool shit going on. Well, Southside, the TV show, is going to be on HBO Max. I think one of the things that yeah, yeah, yeah. was hard for us for the longest time is that people love the show, but then the, you know, the very next comment would be like, because somebody like Jada Pinkett would be like, oh my God, I love this show. Southside mm-hmm. is great. And then all the comments are like, yeah, where the fuck can we watch it? <laughs> and that was, <laughs> nobody knew where to get this shit. It was really. Including people on the show. We were like, I, again, where do I watch my it? Own mother, my own mother was like, I don't understand. I'm so hurt. I'm worried. <laughs> but the good news is that this year, Southside is going to be on HBO Max. Both, And then we're shooting a new season for HBO Max, too. So hopefully, if things go the way that we are planning them to go, everybody will be able to binge the show the way that. I mean, I actually need to buy the damn thing on my Xbox. So I'm really excited for fans of the show to be able to binge it enjoy it and really see all the Easter eggs and things that happen when you can binge a show. That yeah. I think sometimes you don't get in that weekly viewing. Um, and then Sherman showcase, we had to, st- we had to not shoot it because of COVID. So we're going to shoot it into this year early next, and then that'll be out. But uh, we just premiered in Canada. So that's cool. Hopefully Drake, hey. you know, he'll reach out. Come on, like, Drake. Hey, I like the show. Tori. Hey, Drake, watch Tori. Stay your ass off of Sherman showcase. Fuck you, Tori <laughs> Lanes. <laughs> <laughs> Man, hopefully, but yeah, we got that going on. And then, 
you know, I think we're really excited to, to get back to Chicago and shoot season two. So, you know, for all the fans, you know, it's coming and you're going to be able to really enjoy it Hell yeah. for a very long time. That, that's I'm very excited. Uh, Bashir doesn't believe in social media, so you don't need to follow him anywhere. He, <laughs> he, he's anti that. But please watch Southside. <laughs> please watch Sherman Showcase. He's exceptional in both. Thank you. This has been amazing. And as by always, the way, you're exceptional in both, too, by the way. Oh, so thank you very much. Stop it. Get yeah. out of here. No, they played your sketch at Red Rocks. I don't know if you know that they played the uh, Temptations 11 sketch. At Red Rock, I did not uh, know for that. a bunch of people. Yes, they did, and that's actually how I met this one. I want to say his name, but this one sports commentator because he's he was at the show and he was like, "Oh my god, it's so good! I love that Temptation sketch." So again, thank you for blessing us, sir. You've yeah, it was a, a pleasure, and you know, uh, I'll, I'll happily do it whenever you ask me. I ain't got nothing. There to it is. Uh, hey, we're all here. We're all here. <laughs> but follow follow the podcast. Follow me at Langston Kerman. And please subscribe, like, do all the stuff that you're supposed to do. Uh, okay, that's it. Goodbye. Are you still searching for your perfect place to call home? Well, now is the time to buy at Fisher Homes. If you're looking to move in before the end of 2024, May could be your last opportunity to start building your dream home and close before the year's end. If you're hoping to move in even sooner, Fisher Homes also has homes that are move-in ready and waiting for you, where you can start enjoying the benefits of homeownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with a new home advisor today at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. Looking for a fabulous fashion brand that celebrates you? Then look no further than Boston Proper, where styles are designed with you in mind, so you can look and feel amazing, no matter the day, season, or occasion. At bostonproper.com, you'll find fashion that knows you best. For over 30 years, Boston Proper has been the fashion destination for confident women who want to elevate their look with unique, sophisticated clothing at affordable prices. Visit bostonproper.com today. Boston Proper. Wear it like no one else. Hey, guys. Back at the playground again, huh? Yep. You know what this playground could use? A wine country. Heck, yeah. And some waves. So we could go surfing. Oh, <laughs> ah, love that. A redwood forest would be cool. I'm in. Ah, ski slopes. Let's do it. Um, can a girl go shopping? Yeah, baby. Wait. Did we just invent California? Discover why California is the ultimate playground at visitcalifornia.com.